Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to uh, yet invite you and welcome you to this uh, beautiful session. Today with me on the show, on the, on, on the Button Press show, we have a uh, policy analyst, Mubangizi, um, Paul. Uh, we also have uh, a lawyer, uh, Mr. Edgar Ayewazwe. Uh, Mr. Ayewazwe. Prosper here is not only a policy analyst, but uh, he is a draftsman for the uh, National Youth Manifesto 2021-2026. He has also uh, participated in the post and pre-legislative scrutiny. He is a member of the technical team working for the Youth Coalition on Electoral Democracy. Therefore, this is a very uh, resourceful uh, person. Uh, Edgar Ayabazwe is not only a lawyer, but he has also served as a university guild speaker in Uganda Christian University. He is also the former uh, general secretary for UNSA. So very resourceful people we have today to dissect on the matter of the minimum wage bill of 2015. Uh, Prosper, you will help us give us an overview and give us, for, for, for our listeners today, what, what does the minimum wage bill mean? Yes, I think I can, I can begin with a kind of historical context. Thank you for, for having me first. One, you talked of the National Youth Manifesto. Now, in 2010, when young people from different walks of life began thinking on what they can contribute to the to the growth of Uganda. Yes. And came up with the Youth Coalition for Democracy. Mm. They drafted the first manifesto for young people which was the National Youth Manifesto of 2011-2016. Mm. Yes. And among the demands they made, they felt that if there was a minimum wage, there would be better employee employer relationships and also help in creating a high wage economy because if you want to go into like what Vision 2040 says is having a GDP per capita of $950, mm. then you cannot do it when we still have this low wage economy as, as yes. we have. We are, our parents are in subsistence agriculture, but then some of us are in subsistence employment. You, you are employed to, to pay rent, eat, and then now begin working afresh. You cannot save anything, you cannot. So mm. they felt having a minimum wage would be one way of us now going that high wage economy and and beginning to, and beginning to contribute yes. to the growth of, of the country. So they put a minimum wage act as one of the demands they wanted. It was not worked on, but they didn't give up. So in 2016, again, when they were drafting another manifesto for 2016-2021, mm. they again put the minimum wage as a demand they wanted. Any government takes power to work on. Now, in what, what, what is a minimum wage. Yes, now that's what I'm coming to now. So a minimum wage is is, is, is a kind of, of, of bargaining agreement with an employee, between an employee and an employer which says I cannot be paid below this threshold. Yes. This is where I begin from when I'm expending, when I'm giving my labor to you as my employer. Oh yes. So you cannot go beyond you, can, you cannot go below this. So that is that's like a beginning point that I know I'm coming from university. If I want to be employed, I can begin from a, a salary of 500 per mm, month. Mm, so mm. if it is below that, then it is exploitation. 
by then there is no there is no ceiling on how much on 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 how high it can go okay but this but the minimum is this like the way you have an age limit if you want to be president you must be 18 years and like that mm. so that's my simple that's the simple understanding of minimum wage okay thank you very much now now edgar uh, mr president uh, the president of this country in uh, 2019 after the bill had been passed by parliament he he did something that is very unprecedented because normally when he is uh, provided with a, a bill like this one he rejects it but gives certain provisions and says here i am not comfortable here i am not comfortable but for this specific one he rejected it and did not give any kind of uh, you know he just rejected the whole bill meaning he he did not perceive that uh, it was curing anything from the minimum wage advisory committee bill what is your take on that uh, thank you so much for posting me that money listeners uh, my brother prosper gave uh, the social history yes. of the bill uh, but it is very key to understand that we have an existing legal framework mm. uh, governing the minimum wage yes uh, and that is the minimum wages advisory boards and wages council uh, cap 221 it commenced on uh, on 17th october mm. 1957 yes now that is about 50 years ago we need to understand that uh, this particular act is a colonial law mm. uh, it it was uh, enacted according to the social economic environment then in 1957 now this is 2019 about 50 years or more later yes and uh, and we need to understand the history of this bill that this is mm. a private members bill it was engineered by the workers mp honorable kajara and so yes rakajara alinito rakajara and uh, and now this being a private members bill it means that it was not sponsored by government and so i am sure that the president had quite a number of reservations since it did not originate from cabinet and you are talking about regulation of private sector and now you have a point where Uganda's economy is growing at uh, actually in the bill there is a they, they are regulating both private and uh, they they are they, they put a provision for minimum wage bill according to sectors yes. that the private sector will have its own wage and the uh, public sector as its own wage. yes now for the starters the minimum wage bill Uh, excludes the application of UPDF, oh, yes. Uganda Police Force, and all public officers, mm. all persons employed by government. It excludes all those people. But the president making the unprecedented move of rejecting the entire bill. The reason he gave, he said that I have been advised by the Attorney General yes. to reject this bill. Uh, and two, the president says that we have an existing legal framework that captures what you're trying to legislate and and to me that does not make sense in in according to 
the socio-economic environment now mm. because the reason why you have laws is to take that to benefit for the good of society yes. now you have a minimum wage bill that was enacted in 1957 by arguing that it caters for the present environment it is is directly misunderstood mm. so i think i think government now needs to sit down if if to reject it because it was a private member's bill then in my opinion government should now sit down and and through cabinet sponsor a new bill but i think it is rejected because they feel actually if i'm to quote the president he says that it does not cure anything from the old law actually the president's reservations are majorly ideological okay yes because we have a president who is a marxist thinking <laughs> before he was a president mm. and then who overnight becomes a capitalist okay uh, and, and i think he expounds on that in his 1993 book called what is africa's problem mm. where he tries to give his new ideological orientation now with a minimum wage if you have followed the rise of capitalism through the industrial revolution in the uk okay. in britain there were things that happened that cannot be put in the present day human rights based discourse mm. one of them was state sanctioned land grabbing grab land forced from the villages to come to the towns where they can offer freely and cheap and cheap labor cheap so that industries develop and we have enough land where we can put industries and maybe large scale commercial agriculture yes. to feed the industries and give them more materials okay. things like a minimum wage like china didn't have minimum wage up to now that's why tesla can leave the us set up a company in, in china where there is cheap labor but it remains a us incorporated company mm. that's why very big this i'm told even apple is considering beginning manufacturing from from, from china because of that cheap labor so ideology from an ideological orientation of a capitalist mm. a minimum wage does not work okay mm. and that's why countries like in the middle east that have been relying mostly on african labor have taken a long time to impose a minimum wage as as as, as a legislative framework and i think only Qatar took an unprecedented measure three weeks ago and issued a minimum wage why because the international labor organization has put a ceiling has put a deadline for countries to have instituted a minimum wage for them to be admitted or to be uh, to be given membership benefits for being part of the international labor organization and the world trade organization okay. because as a capitalist a minimum wage is very 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 dangerous mm-hmm. why it empowers workers now if you look at the minimum wage bill of uganda it actually get, the difference it had with the minimum wages advisory board something do, do, do you say that mr Museveni yes. wants to deal with the with the population that is not empowered economically I, I, as a president who is hell-bent on having foreign direct investments fdi okay. a minimum wage does not work for him because that's why you see this this i think there was a study done about what we do with our with, with our investment policies where we get an investor give them free land mm. and give them a tax break okay for 10 years but by one year if someone has not has not bought land and not paying taxes in three years they will have reached the break-even point so mm. you're giving them roughly seven extra years for them to amass little profit somewhere mm. so if you still feel that that's not enough that investment is not enough if you put a minimum wage so to push away possible investors from coming into the country mm. to, to invest and set up factories so the best thing is 
do as much as you can to keep the minimum wage debate from coming up so that you attract as many investors as you can to come and set up industries. Now, I was giving you a, a reason. The difference is that that is true where they exist, that is true anything in existing from No, that's wrong because. This minimum wage of Aston Rakaja, because I can talk about it with authority. Yes, I, I, I actually know you also drafted something to do. Yes, because it is part of our things. The minimum mm. wage bill, the project scheme bill, the externalization bill, these are our things, these are our schemes. Yes. Now, the reason that the president is threatened, the capitalist president is threatened, is because the minimum wage talks about employer-employee relationship. Bargains. Okay. That it, it caters, you see, what it does is it is, it is tailor-made. Okay. You know, most times we have a one size fits all policy or kind of legal framework. Okay. Just come and say rape, penetration. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, but you forget maybe a woman cannot penetrate a man. Mm-hmm. So how does it be categorized as rape? You get. So we normally have one size fits all laws and policies. Now, this one is not a one size fits all. It is tailor made to cater for certain. For instance, we say in the private sector, what happens now? Different sectors. If you're in agriculture, if you're in this. Now, for it to get an employer-employee relationship, so an employee can come and say, but you know what, boss? I think this is where you should begin from. When you're beginning with me. Can, can I just bring in Mr. Yes. Just to weigh in, 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 in what he's what he's trying to, to say, because he says very serious. <laughs> <laughs> he makes very serious statements, and I need you to weigh in, in exactly what he's saying. Uh, I think we need to understand the president's mind and, mm. and perhaps be sympathetic because you have three key players in the minimum wage debate. Okay. One, you have the employee, okay. uh, then you have the employer, then you have government. Now, the key part is on employers because employers involve investors. Mm. Now, at a moment where Uganda's economy is very progressive, mm-hmm. you need not to scare. Well, that is, that is y- yes, yes. up for debate. Yes, yes, and, and I'm going to explain that further. You need not to scare foreigners, foreign investment, at least because foreign investment is equally key for our, for our economy, uh, for the growth of our economy. So, the moment you think about scaling foreign investment, then you are literally killing the economy and I could understand the president's mind on this because well you have uh, now you have two types of wage of minimum wages you have one set by the public yes one set by the minimum wages board yes and you also have the contractual mm. now the contractual is actually very tricky because it says that the moment the employer and the employee do not agree, do not agree. then they go to the industrial court. Yes. Now, what is the proposition of the industrial court? And the bill does not go ahead to state the parameters to be used by the industrial board to state that minimum wage. And then you you now have. But, but the industrial board is also pro- provided for by the law. I think it is in the obituary act. Yes, it is. Arbitration, uh, sorry, arbitration uh, act. Actually, uh, there was an amendment two weeks ago. I think labor disputes, arbitration, something. Oh yes, 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 yes. arbitration. Yeah. The key point is, it's not actually on the establishment of the industrial court. My dispute is on what parameters are going to be used by the industrial court. Okay. to come up with the minimum wage that has been disagreed by the employer and the employee. 
I'm going to get back to you on uh, on on key provisions of, of the bill. Yes. But Prosper, what does this the minimum wage bill mean to small medium enterprises? Because you have a situation where I have a small business. I am uh, employing probably three people. My returns cannot uh, probably if uh, night uh, the, the sun came on on, on, the, on the night and uh, we had a minimum wage bill of 200,000 shillings. How many small and medium enterprises are able to afford the minimum wage bill? Yes, that is that is a very good question. And as I was saying, if you talk as a capitalist. You see, the good thing with me is I'm not ideologically allied to a certain thought. Okay. I do, and I'm not a capitalist, I'm broke. It's true that I don't, I, like, I, I, I'm in the middle ground, I will take the positive oh, of yes. any ideological line of thought. Oh, right? yes. you see, when you talk about it from that angle, you're talking as a capitalist. For instance, I will tell you I have 20 boats at home. Mm. I have someone that looks after them 24-7. Mm. You get it? Yes. But I am paying him 60,000. Which means that the person I'm paying has no capacity. After the end of the month, he also buy a boat on his own. Okay. You see, but I am. If you are quantifying me now, you quantify me as an SME mm. in that line of business. Okay. But now, is the person I'm paying able to come and also put, set up a boat on his own? What if he lost the cash that I'm paying? I'm giving him. I'm giving him. Mm. Where will he go? Okay. So that's why you say you do things, and I think I posted the poster you sent yesterday on Facebook on my page, and I said the president has very, 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 very bad results from a capitalistic point of view. Mm. But now you, you talk to the, the context; things have changed. Okay. Think things have changed in the world because, like, for instance, want to do an audit mm. on the FDI for the direct investment jobs created because we have already been doing some part, and we can we see. That for each one percent GDP growth, it creates only one thousand jobs instead of about instead of between fifty thousand to one hundred thousand. Now, you talk of SMEs. Yes. For SMEs, it is it is it is it is it is it is something dangerous for them because you are telling them you must pay this, yeah. which they have already reached at the level of of, of paying. But then, are they, because what SMEs should be doing that they are mere working, I am at step working. In ten years, I should be able to put up something on my own. You get, but if I'm only working for the survival of SEPA, I'm not survival of me as an individual. I'm not different from my brother who's in the village growing bananas to eat and then again grow again because he can't sell anything. Let me give you another example. I am an employee at SEPA Mm -hmm. and I'm earning 500,000 shillings. I have a house help at home Mm -hmm. who takes care of my children. Mm -hmm. Who needs to be paid 200,000 shillings mm-hmm. per month? Mm-hmm. I have children to take to school to and at pay tuition and give them upkeep. Mm-hmm. I have to look after their medical, I, I have to basically that. And how am I able to uh, match up with the minimum wage bill? You see, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's why I tell you if you take it from ideological alignment. You will find no, this, is a, serious this is a realist. But when you, uh, well, now you come when you come to the realist point of view, why? The first thing is that by the fact that SEPA is paying 500, yes. when you have a house help at home, that is a problem. Okay. That's the first problem with the relationship. Because okay. by the time you reach a point of having a house help, 
you see, you talk of we talk the public the public social for minimum wage. I think for me it already exists because we have A1, A2, B something, mm. you, you get saying that if you are at entry level, this is where you begin from. I think for me in some ways it's a minimum wage. Mm. That at the level I'm paid this, at okay. management level I'm beginning from me. Now, okay. for me, I think it's a mist, it's a problem in the relationships between employer and employer. You have house help, mm. but you are being paid paid five hundred, and that you can reach a point of having kids when you're still at the level five hundred. Okay, that's a problem. So when you talk of how determination, one determination can be based on level of experience. That I should not be. You see, the problem why 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 those people behind the bill were saying also we need a minimum wage in public sector was because someone comes in at entry level in two thousand one. Twenty twenty is that entry level why? Because there is no garbage in, no garbage out in in public sector. Okay. So he will is all to get started at the same post for 10-20 years, earning the same salary because is an entry is an entrant into the job. So that's why the problem is in the public sector. Then in the private sector, there is always room for growth. But then the problem is, for instance, I think there is uh, the labor act which says you should be having a five percent increase increment on your in, on your salary. salary at the end of the year. Mm. Each year, as you go into a new year, you are on a five percent five percent increase. But I mean, how many people are able to afford that? People are able to. I can tell you truth. People are able to because. We have talked to, if you look at foreign investors in Uganda. We have businesses right now. Actually, there is, they, they, they say that, I don't know what the percentage is, but that Ugandans are the most entrepreneurial people, but most of their Business businesses. Money, yes. 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 I, on that one, because if, when we talk of that, actually, when we talk of the biggest employers, we don't want to talk about Ugandan investors. Okay. Because the Ugandan investors are about as well as 20 goods in Yes. And they can put one person. Yes. Just a few. We are talking about. Let's look at the biggest employers in Uganda. This maybe my Maybe my This bill also affects all of us. Yes. It, yes. Yes. It does collectively. But are, let's first look at the big fish. Mm. How many people are employing? Okay. They could be about one hundred thousand. Okay. If you don't have the jobs, but mm. so or what and what. Now, if you look at how much Madhavan is going to, 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 to repatriate from Uganda, mm. is more than five percent. Let's look at MTN. Mm. We are part of the tax, the tax dispute that I've been having with, with URA. Yes. What MTN deportates from Uganda? If they, if we put in minimum module, have Ugandans being paid handsomely for the for the kind of labor they are putting in. Let's look at the things I created. Let's look at, at the banks. Let's have Mr. Evers coming here because he, he brings a very interesting idea. And I'm thinking to myself, do we have from what I've been asking, from the questions I've been asking him, I'm starting to think, do we have political will from uh, the actors in the politics to make the public empowered to be able to survive in such a situation? I think for me that shouldn't be the question. Uh, on whether we have political will or not. Okay. The question should rather be, whether we should have political will. Okay. Because from Mobanzi's submission, he actually admits that the bill is, is uh, that has not collectively addressed all the private sector, all the different sectors in the private sector. Because you have an entire discussion on small scale businesses. Mm. Then uh, you also have foreign investment. Now, the question, and and of course, we agree that 
quite a number of Ugandans are engaged in SMEs. 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 So, will Ugandans be able to, to pay their own that money? Is the bill realistic? Does it speak to our social economic story? No, it doesn't. Because you have, yes, you have the big employers, MTN Stanbic, but you also have uh, people who are struggling with uh, subsistence agriculture mm. and then they have to pay their own minimum wage. Mm. Now, this is what is going to happen. You will just have a situation where employers are laying off employees. So, you risk having, uh, of course, Uganda already has 70% youth. It already has a considerable percentage of unemployed youth, yeah. and you will have a situation where employers are laying off employees, yes. Yes. and so you will literally have uh, a social disaster. You will have quite a number of these youth laid off because employers will not be able to pay this money. Okay. So, so when when you look at at what we ought to have had, the ideal point of view, then a minimum wage can. It is in phantom. Mm. It doesn't speak to our economic story. Okay. But I, for me, my op- opinion would be... What then <laughs> is the responsibility of the state in ensuring that uh, its public can be empowered economically? Exactly. Now, the president uh, has identified four key uh, economy sectors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm and of which agriculture is one of them. Okay. Since you have 70% of the people live, uh, living on agriculture, subsistence yes. agriculture, then you're bringing value addition. Okay. Let the people now start manufacturing so that Uganda's economy can grow. Because we have already seen the statistics. 6% per annum. Okay. And that's before oil money comes in. Mm. So it is projected that perhaps Uganda's economy will be the fastest growing in Africa okay. when we engage in manufacturing, do value addition, uh, increase on our exports. Mm. Then in 10 years to come, when our economy is has a steady growth, you can now bring in the discussion of, of minimum wage. But for now, when Uganda's economy is still very progressive in nature, you cannot bring in the discussion of uh, Mr. Mubarak, speak to I, I, I would want first to respond to him. Yes. When you talk of an economy that is progressing, since 1995, Uganda has had a GDP growth. Because you have talked of GDP, I don't believe in some ways in those things. Okay. GDP. Okay. At least it has been stable around 3.5. Hmm. Actually, at one time it was about 7.9 from around 1996 to around 2006. 2006, you get. So there was a steady rise in GDP, if you talk of that nonsense, which I, I believe also keeps us here in the poverty <laughs> area. Now, you talk of fastest growing economies. It's true, Uganda is the fastest growing economy. It's one of the fastest okay. in Africa. Okay. But I've said Uganda, we have what we call jobless growth. You, you earlier referred yes. to uh, subsistence employment. In, 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 yes, where, is, where there is no jobless growth, we have subsistence employment. Yeah. That mm-hmm. the who's paid money to go and pay rent to a landlord, Yes. Eat and move on the border per month. After one week, he's, he's broke, so he's going to be taking loans from the supermarket mm-hmm. near, nearby him. Then he pay at the end of the month. Okay. I don't save anything. You get it. Now, that is for those of us who get the chance to be employed. Now, 
those have talked of jobless growth you will see someone saying they have opened a factory in Nama that's true but mm. so we are bringing 10,000 people but in the US it's going to be bringing 100 people okay that's why up to that idea you can you can research it that if a country grows by one percent in GDP I, I think it is supposed to create a certain amount of jobs you, you make a claim that you need to give uh, substance here because when you say that there they are going to uh, uh, an industry is going to employ 1000 or 10000 in, in in real sense they're employing 100 yes do you know of any industries of that sort i'm not going to mention industries i've said we have done and we are still doing and not yet any jobs in uganda okay and i can give you i can no i can give one clear example mm. you go what is the threshold or the standard for you see when they talk of GDP, people think GDP is just something they just say no. When we say Uganda is growing by 5.5%, that means that for each one percent Uganda is growing, it is creating a certain amount of jobs. Okay. That is that, that's what they mean. Yes. And then there's a certain amount of income in, going into people. Yes. Now, how many jobs are being created in Uganda when we when we are growing at 10.7%? Is it is it the raining with the show show that on which a GDP growth should be should, should be should be on? So that is a very simple thing to do. Anyone can do as long as you understand what we talk about when we mean GDP. Now we talked of seven identifying botanists, I mean strategic areas for, for, for Uganda to grow now. I can tell you, I, I have told people, yes, we have a lot of, of, of potential. When you talk of agriculture, we have forty nine percent of arable in East Africa, we have uh, about three seasons whichever uh, agricultural growth and whatever. Population wise, that one. We agree. Now, the, the first problem we have is that when we talk about capitalism, we talk about the wrong capitalism. <laughs> That's the first thing. What, what do you mean? We talk about the wrong capitalism. You see, you know, you know China. They talk of China being a communist state, but it's not. Mm. China is a state capitalist. Okay. That you have China reason, but then construct roads in Uganda, but it's not a private entity in China. It's a public. It's a public owned. It's a public entity. You get that. So all, almost all companies in China are constructing roads airports and whatever in, in, in Africa are state owned. So they are creating employment for their own white people. Now, this is what they call economics, the dirigism. It's a French word, I think it was put up by this from Jean Marc something after World War II. Where the idea that you cannot have an open market, you cannot have a free market economy to grow a country that is just coming back from the effects of World War II. Or maybe mm. the talk of Uganda. Because Uganda we just went into capitalism when we were coming from lineage at independence. When it even going into feudalism and whatever still in need, where has a side and lives for him is land. You get so now when you have dirigism, it means the state has a stake in the in the growth of the country. You don't just become a regulator, you become a critical player. Now you would find if there is Mokwano, the government of Uganda has a forty percent stake in Mokwano. Okay. Which means that now when you talk about minimum wage now, it is easier to enforce in a private entity. That you have maybe SEPA here, which is employing 100 people because it's a big employer, government takes a comes and buys shares. But what is happening? We're living, living in NSSF and we're we are trying to, to, to replace NSSF, okay. which has been one of the biggest contributors to the economy with 11.5 trillion. So the state or the government needs to play an active role in the economy, not just as a regulator, which it is doing right now. Because when you regulate, that's what that's what that's what result coming now. You talked of are we able to we have been this, having these things second to this stage, the externalization of labor bill. That when we took, take our girls to, to buy rain to, to, to become households, they have a minimum wage there. But I've been asking, can we do it here in Uganda? Now, the only reason we cannot do it in Uganda is there are two. One, we are too poor to afford. Okay. Second, as I've said, we took up the wrong capitalism. Okay. Where we believe having house help at home is a sign of growth. Okay. 
That's why someone earning 500 is not have a house for what? You get why you believe driving a big car is a sign of, of, of growth. Why you believe that staying in an apartment is a sign of growth before you are going to the table. So you want to stay in an apartment? I think we have a nature of society. You have recently there was a statistics of, of young girls who are getting pregnant where they are just teenagers. So you expect such a child by the time they finish school they have young children that they're taking care of. But they need to fend for those same children. How do they leave them home while they do not have a house? So and, and, and one thing you see, by the time a senior three girl becomes pregnant, mm. you cannot talk of her. Okay. That person should be. Uh, the, the thinking is they are staying in their in their parents in their parents' house. Because that's where they are supposed to be. They are going to be that, independent that, that, at a point. Uh, that one uh, I've not seen. I've not seen teenage teenage mothers. Most of them are just still under the protection of, 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 of a house. The ones but, you have but, seen. No, but, but truthfully, <laughs> the truth of the matter is okay. that we are taking up the wrong capitalism. Okay. As a developing society, we are mm-hmm. taking up since we are taking up the wrong one. That's why I've always told people, Isinjero has the best motto, but Isinjero will have will have, will, be, will be hit by by hunger when many Chikonwas are no longer eating food. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the, the capitalism we have taken up is the wrong one. One consumerism. What 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 is the right? The right capitalism, there's one thing I'm realizing is that we cannot go away with capitalism because it's very good. Individual endeavor, personal enterprise, and whatever. But the state should never be relegated from the economy. The state must be an active, an active player. In anything, one in making rules to regulate, yes, it can regulate. But again, anyway, if you have a company, one of the things that the state should have is stake. And you can do it in, in different ways. One, for instance, you may have MTN, where the government of Uganda has 40%, the owners of MTN have maybe 30%, mm. and the rest of the 30% is for Ugandans themselves by buying shares on the uh, Exchange. Awesome, awesome. Now, uh, let, let us move to the critical provisions of this bill. And, and you speak to that to give us a, a legal, uh, a, a legal perspective of what the bill means. Because, okay. I, I, anyway, take, take a shot. Okay, thank you. Before I get to the legal uh, uh, part of it, I want to first respond to my brother mm. that uh, Uganda is a hybrid economy. Okay. Well, it is. It could be capitalistic, but it, it, it's, it's, it is hybrid because you have Bank of Baroda, which is partially owned by the state, you have UTL partially owned by the state, you have New Vision partially owned by the state. We have, have post bank represented by the state, but that is 4% interest rate. Yeah, but it's not that is now a discussion of another point, of, 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 of another debate. We, we have to, to, to acknowledge the wisdom of, of those in power to have had such a mind. Now you have a requirement that all the all telecom companies must list on the stock exchange mm. and so that means that you have Ugandans own about 30% in these telecom companies and and that cannot just happen it, 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 it is not it is not the willing of the foreign investor there, there must be a particular government that uh, that enforces such and you must appreciate the wisdom of of such a government. Now coming to coming to the bill, we have already given the history of what the bill is about. 
what do we have to pay attention to? What, what, what affects us the most? Two things. That you have the minimum wage set by the minimum wages board. Mm. The minimum wages board is uh, appointed by the minister responsible for labor. That is the minister for gender, labor, and social development. Okay. Uh, the composition of that board must be looked at because you have about eight members, then six members are from government ministries. You have uh, Bank of Uganda, or you have UBOS, you have uh, Minister of, of, of Finance and then Labor. Then you only have two representatives from the employers and the employees. Yes. And, and to me that doesn't make sense. Because there it ceases to be a negotiation but like an instruction from above. Because you can imagine if this committee of eight is to vote, it would be six to two. But what makes sense to me is... I, I think there are, are, are four members of the board and the other four are assessors. Uh, assessors, yes. Yeah, now assessors make recommendations to those particular four. Okay. But what is the proposition of the four? You, you have a representative from the Minister of Labour, yes. and you have another from the Minister of Finance, okay. and then you have other two, a representative from the employees and another representative from the em- employers. Yes. So, still, coming up with, uh, with an even number of four, it, so what would happen if they had to vote? Then okay. it, it would be two, two. So, that makes me think that this bill was not well thought about. But maybe uh, the water in the bill is is uh, is the private arrangement, the contractual minimum wage, mm. because there you have an actual negotiation. That is about section fifteen. That is. Um, let me get. I am going to get to it. Yes. Okay. Let's, let's. Yeah. In fact, it is section twelve, the establishment of the contractual minimum wage. Mm an actual negotiation. So for me, a minimum wage should actually be an actual negotiation mm. of, of a specific sector. You have manufacturing, and then you now come into an agreement say, this is how much I make in a year, this is how much uh, operating expenses are, and then let us come to, to an agreement. But now you have a situation where this this agreement doesn't work out, and then the parties have to go to court. Mm. Because now when it is an instruction of court, then it loses meaning of the entire negotiation. Because court is going to say, okay, you will pay 300,000, but if I don't manage, in the event that I do not manage, then I will have to lay off this, I will have to lay off these workers. And, and, And so to me, the, the bill is not well thought at all, mm. at all. My recommendation to government is is, is now receipt. Okay. Receipt. See, uh, uh, th- thank you very much. The, the, the bill is not well thought, Mr. Mwangizi. Uh, the bill is not well thought. It is. Uh, it was a rush, and I know that uh, being very interested. Being an interested party in, 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 in the process, 
you, you need to have something to say. Why, why were you guys rushing? What was the rush? No, uh, one, I'm not a lawyer. Yes. But but, but I was spent as a policy analyst. Surely. I have some some level of expertise in, in legislation. Yes, true. And legislative processes. One thing I know is there is no perfect legislation. It's true. And the uh, people normally say that you 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 just you just said about living for the future generation to come and correct what you you need. You need to complete the legislation, mm. and that's why we always have amendments. What almost every now and One thing is, you talk of a contractual obligation. Maybe it's uh, because you said it's safe. I'm not confusing safe. Yes. me what I'm saying is true. Yes. I come. Maybe I want safe. But this is compulsory. I come and, and apply. One, I may know, I may have the, the competencies and the capacities to, to do the work, but maybe I don't have the experience. So, my boss says, you know what, I will be paying you 500. But maybe the job, the, 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 the payment terms are maybe 2 million. Okay. Or maybe 1.2. Okay. So, because there is no minimum wage saying that this is where you begin from, mm-hmm. you can even say I'm giving 100 and I take the money. Okay. I don't know if you agree with that. Because that, that, you go in the, the law, you, yes. The law provides for uh, a third party, mm-hmm. just in case you don't have enough information and enough security for yourself. You can have a third party to make a bargain for you. That is one. And then there's one thing actually even said this land is closure government. Okay. Mm. Mm. So, I know you know this is going to so much I've been earning one time I said, but now this what if I have an disclosure agreement with my boss and I'm not supposed to, to disclose that. Anyway, so uh, and then you know and and a declaration of assets and how much people are earning, that one is also that's one that's one is also thing. And and, and and if you want to realize that you can you can see just get our our, our contemporaries. Okay. Maybe you will find about doing the same job. With someone same age, same experience, but there is too much of a gap in, in how much they are paid. Okay. You, but similar, all of them are in the same sweat. Mm-hmm. Or you can even go people and maybe business someone is executive in this bank, in this, but there is a very, very, very big, big discrepancy in how much they are paid. So the truth of the matter is, because I, I always want to put a human face to capitalism, because one of us has much profit as we can. Mm-hmm. But if if, if 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 as an individual we're employing someone who can't even do a, 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 a tenth of what is working in on their own, I think for me it is an indictment on my part. Okay. Yes, if I can pay someone to rear my goods, but he can't be able to afford one goat himself, I think it's an indictment on my part. Okay. And I'm not doing anything to rear that person. I will, yes, I'm a capitalist, but I always want to put a human face to it. In some but human, very humanitarian. As a social scientist, yes, uh, yes, uh, yes, as a social worker, I always want at least if if I'm employing if I'm employing someone to rear my goods, if I can't pay them enough, at least I tell me tell them, you know what, if my goat gives birth to three kids, or if two goats give birth, you have one kid. Mm. At this, that, in some way, that's why, you see the beginning, you see rules may be there, rules may be there, but we, if we as individuals don't, 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 don't practice those rules, and don't have that feeling within ourselves, then the rules are useless. Because I don't think even the person wearing my goods has a contract with me. There's no contract. Sure. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, I'm sending you a buyer money, check your buyer money, I've sent you some. The contract mm. exists, but, but not written. written. Yes, the gentleman's going to shake and run out from so. So I, I agree. Yes, when you talk of if someone has, is, is a legal expert or someone who's a capitalist, such bills and, uh, and legislations are not good. They are not good. And that's why I've always been advocating the things we do. One first change the people themselves. Oh. First, no, because yes, I may be. We have people in civil society, those of us who are there, paid sums and sums of money, 
when they appear on the press conference or TV, they are spitting fire. How society is unequal, but how much will they be their scar at home? Or mm-hmm. the list of their employees. You get so I think for me it is first the beginning with us as individuals and I have told the point we're advocating for this extension of labor bill. Mm-hmm. We're saying, but you are talking of our girls being harassed from the United Arab Emirates, whatever, those Arab countries. How many of us treat our maids well? To begin from there. Before you begin saying, No, these girls are in the, in the Arab world they are being mistreated. How many of us treat our maids well? So for me I think it begins first with us as as individuals, then the law can come in okay. to, to, sort, to, sort, to sort what has not been going right. Okay, I, I would be asking the next question as loopholes, but I understand we have already gone into it. And that was a very good catch. Uh, but uh, now we, we will give our, our recommendation. What, what, I, I have as well starting with you. What, what do you recommend this team, uh, the Rakalala team? Honorable The minimum wage is uh, a good conversation. It's a good conversation because it protects workers, uh, it empowers them, and it gives them hope for the future. And it is good for Uganda to, to begin a conversation on minimum wage. But can we make a few case studies? For example, you have highly regulated sectors, for example, telecommunication and, and banking. Now, can we say, since most of the key players in these sectors are foreigners and uh, they, 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 they do a lot of repatriation of money from our economy. Can we begin with those? If, 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 uh, if we say that, yes, government is serious about this, it, it caters for its workers, can we begin with the highly regulated sectors of the economy? Can we say that? The least banker in uh, a financial institution be paid five hundred thousand. Okay. Yeah, so that we, we can now test the waters and see how it works, whether it works or not. Okay. Before we, we come to to the general minimum wage, to the general private sector. So I think that would be my first recommendation. Okay. My second recommendation would be that some certain key aspects of the economy like employment shouldn't be a matter of a private member in parliament no some sectors should be should be gazetted for government if this bill was for example sponsored by government by by the minister of labor it would perhaps have different realistic provisions so to me the bill should now go back to, to the Ministry of, of Gender and then perhaps now the Attorney General can now sit and, and then the entire cabinet can give realistic provisions on that bill. Okay. okay, thank you very much. Yes, yeah, yeah. thank you. <coughs> One, I, I know for a fact, time I've seen in legislation, sometimes government may actually not bring a bill on their own, pass it through a private member. Yeah, for some actually to get more traction and whatever you, you saw it with the magazine bill to amend the constitution and what so leaving saying that was brought by Wakajar, i was also a worker's mp i think anyway i know it is not government behind it and i think government could have been behind it because where government has been strongly opposed to legislations they have not even gone through the committee level yes so by fact that it was left to be passed okay. and then not to be assented to actually one way is maybe not 
like what pirate what pirate pirate did by washing himself by saying it's not coming from me <laughs> because the parliament can still enact it as an act of parliament <laughs> because that provision is there that when the president has not assented maybe after a certain period of time it is it becomes automatic law. Maybe the framers have, have given up. No, I think maybe they are, they are failing. So I think government could have been in support, but the top was not in support of, okay. of the thing now. Recommendations. One, I agree with my brother that we need to begin with certain sectors, which are mainly this, because this, take the, the, the Tabo Mbeki Commission report of 2014 on, 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 on what they have been saying, stop the breeding. This taking money out of Africa shows we have we, we have lost more than fifty trillion dollars. Yes. Through these patriations and whatever. And my thing as actually we should even be focusing in talk instead of this and corruption. So and this money is being taken out by these investors. We come give them free land, give them tax breaks and all days, and then they pay this our workers. So I think we, we, the way the, the bill was enacted should begin with those. The minimum wage is enacted among us. I, I agree strongly on that. Then, secondly, I would advise government to rethink its economic policy, engagement policy. And one of the ways to do that is government must take an active role in the economy of this country, not just as a regulator, but as an active player. One, we need to see more government corporations coming up instead of setting them off. Yes. More government and state run corporations coming up, industries. And, and ventures that can employ Ugandans themselves. And then, we are, uh, and then on our investment policy, government must ensure that if a foreign investor comes into Uganda, the first thing to do is government must take a share in that company. For instance, when Taro Oil, after the first final investment decision is taken, F- F- FID, which are more than 35 trillion dollars being billion dollars, being put into our economy. That is more than half of the of Uganda's economy. So we have to have a skyrocketing and an increase into the, in economic performance. So how do you leave all this oil thing to a private prayer? It's dangerous. It's dangerous. They, they, the atmosphere even begin dictating which government policies we take. Because they are putting in too much money in this economy. So the government must ensure this it has a very, very big stake. Just leave Uno and you're gonna feel more. The government must come and be categorical on it on how they are participating in this oil exploration and gas mm. gas sector mm. by buying stakes and shares in it. And then secondly, they must allow us Ugandans to participate because if Taro Oil goes for an energy members meeting and I come in to participate as an individual because I may be one percent share, the policy that Taro Oil takes will be like the policies when Taro Oil meets in France to, to, to determine how Taro Oil in Uganda begins working. So they must op- these companies must open up to Ugandans to buy shares in them. So that they can also have a stake because stake. yes, in, in how they, they are run. So okay. that is that is that that, that is my, my, my calculation. And secondly, I mean the last one is I have said we have taken wrong capitalism. We must rethink our capitalistic engagement. Mm. Yes, and when government takes that we also shall also this is also in some ways begin because we are taking the wrong elements. The wrong elements. I'm being paid to take it, but I must say an apartment because that's the only way I can say I'm working. I, 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 I may have money to begin to begin an enterprise, but I can't do it because if I do it, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not successful. Okay. To be successful, I must be having a job. Mm-hmm. You get so yes. we are taking the wrong elements of, of capitalism. We must also begin rethinking them. Awesome. Thank you, thank you very much. We are going to take our final shots after all has been said. What are our final shots to you? 
Yes, our final, my final, my final point in this is, uh, I, I think I've already said it. When 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 we are engaging as as government actors, we don't need to engage in a rigid way. I come as a socialist, I come as a communist, I come as a capitalist. No, we must begin. We must find a middle ground between different things. Then, uh, and uh, I mean, when we talk of minimum wage, I would I would advise that we do a job audit. Yes, if we have the jobs, how much are they helping you gonna to grow? Okay. If we have the investors, how many jobs are they in actual creating? Okay. Yes, if we, if we are growing by because I, I I will give I will challenge people. When COVID came, the IMF projected that Burundi would grow by negative 0.3 percent, and then DRC would grow by about negative one percent. But can we do? And Uganda would shrink from 5.5 to 3.5 in growth. But don't be surprised if DRC creates more jobs with negative growth compared to Uganda, which is growing positive in this COVID-19. Mm. So we need to begin also auditing these figures people give us. Yes. Sometimes they are, they are, they are misleading. And, and, they, they, they and pay, malicious. They, yes, and yes, and they paint a dangerous picture of the situation which is not, which, which is not, which is not happening. So we should take an interest in that. That would be my parting show. Thank, thank, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Uh, when we are talking about uh, forces of the economy, we are talking about capital and labor, and which are very key for, for, for our economic growth. Now, for African countries, especially the developing countries, you have the entire discussion on foreign investment. Now, foreign investment can be dangerous if, if it is uh, unwisely implemented on, yeah. and it can give her a bit a blessing if it is properly regulated. Now, you have uh, uh, an entire banking sector that is controlled by foreigners. Mm. Then you have an entire telecommunication sector that is, of course, controlled by foreigners. Yes. Then that means that 10 years to come, if, if, if the status quo remains, you would, as my brother said, you, you would have these companies regulating, re even regulating our politics as well. Mm. So. How can we make sure that we have a win-win situation? Can we have? Uh, can we see? Can we get away how we can find these foreign investors? One list on the stock exchange, so that some Ugandans can have a share in these companies, and then we, we can equally have uh, uh, the entire discussion on, min on, on minimum wage imposed on these foreign investors. So that since you already have established sectors, banking and, and telecommunication, then you can now test the waters and see whether it works or not. Yes. Yeah, but I think Uganda should be, should rethink its foreign investment policy. Thank you. All right. Thank you and thank you very much, uh, Mr. Mubangizi and uh, Mr. Yevaziwe for being here. I want to use this opportunity also to thank all our listeners being there and i hope that this was a very very fruitful discussion uh this is and we are the button press show and we bring you all all sorts of policy analysis and also recommendation as young people we need to be part of the process of development in this country thank you very much let us meet here every saturday at 10 a.m god bless you has been uh...